Father in heaven, we're so grateful to thee. Lord, thankful for this morning time that we can spend with thee, Lord, on a Sabbath day set aside from all the other chaos that we might see in the world around us and to focus wholly and solely on thee and on thy word. Lord, we're thankful for all those that have gathered in this place to study thy word together in this day. Thankful for the Bible class that we've already been able to experience. And, and Lord, we're, we're moved by, by how we, we see ourselves and, and see the opportunity to gather around thy word be one that we, we run out of time. Lord, and we're so thankful that that's the, the heart that we find when we come into thy house. And Lord, we pray that as we would now look into your word for additional direction in this day and inspiration, Father, pray that our hearts and our minds would be focused on the message that you would have us to hear, that the word would be open to us in a way that would be not unique, Lord, but maybe renewed or, or new, new and a reminder of old things that we've heard in the past. And so, Father, now as we would look into these things, we pray, pray thy blessing on it. Pray that wherever thy word is proclaimed in this day, that it would go forth in truth and that it would be thy word and thy spirit speaking and not the one that would bring it forth. Lord, pray that thy spirit would be with us in this day and for it will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I ask you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. <clears throat> if, uh, if I asked, what do you know about Ezekiel? I, I would venture to guess that probably the first story that would come to mind would be the one that we're going to read this morning, which is Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. And it's a song, I mean, I... I I asked the kids earlier this week, I maybe mean, it was Friday afternoon, I asked them if they knew the song um, Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, or Dem Bones is technically the name of the song. I didn't realize that that was actually the name of the song. But what I'm referring to is the song that says, Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, now hear the word of the Lord. And then it says, the hip bones connected to the backbone and the knee. And it's, you know, it's the anatomical uh, description of how the body gets all built together and it's a cute song and I, I, I looked it up it's a song from 1928 uh, kind of a quasi Negro spiritual I guess and it, because I know the song and because we've sung it as kids and maybe now as adults I, I don't know that I ever I used the phrase this morning uh, like the fairy tale version of, of Bible stories when we're talking about Joseph. I think that sometimes I think of, I've thought of that passage, this passage, with that cutesy little kid song in the background. I never really dove into this experience that Ezekiel has and what God was really trying to tell him with the vision that he has. And so I hope that maybe in this morning we could look at that a, a little bit and to draw some parallels to New Testament experiences and then even experiences that we should be making in our lives today. And really the thought that came to mind was, maybe as an overarching theme, is do we recognize what God can do 
And do we recognize why he does what he does? Um, and there's only 14 short verses that we'll read, but if you'd follow with me in, in chapter 37 of Ezekiel. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by round about them, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, and prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them and lived, and they lived, and stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you unto the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. And I'll place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I have performed it, saith the Lord. Just through verse 14. <clears throat> Doesn't that sound like that cute song? Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. That's not, when I read this again, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, strike a little ditty and make me want to dance or get my feet hopping. Um, I want us to talk, look at this in terms of being Ezekiel. And you have this experience with God. You've had, you are a prophet. You've had many conversations with God. You've had visions before. You've given messages to the people. But here, whatever day of the week this was, here on this chapter 37 day, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. God comes to Ezekiel and says, I, I need to show you something. And he takes him to a valley. Death Valley. In your, in your mind's eye or in, in your imagination, try to imagine this. This valley space, desolate valley space that is full of bones. 
I don't know how we got to the point. I don't know how the songwriter got to the point of that being like a, a kind of a funny thing or a, a cute thing. A valley full of bones. All I can think of is those mass grave sites that you, you see pictures of uh, from World War II. Or it doesn't have to be World War II. Just pick any mass grave site. Just bones scattered. And it, the impression that I get is that not that these were, you know, nice clean little skeletons. That's even a ridiculous thing to say. Organized. This is a chaotic scene of very dry, old, desolate, dusty, um, disgusting, dare I say, bones that are, are filling this valley. And God asks you, can these bones live? I, I mean... If I'm, if I'm Ezekiel and I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, absolutely not. There is no chance. On what planet would these bones live? Like, what, what would be, why would you think, why would you think that they could? And if you're Ezekiel, you're wondering, well, what is God trying to ask me here? The Lord came and said, can these, can these bones live? What kind of faith does it take for Ezekiel to say, Oh Lord, thou knowest. I don't get the sense that he's saying it. Lord knows. You, you know. No, I get the sense that he's saying, if you say so, Lord, thou knowest. If, if these bones can live, that's completely up to you. That's going to be your decision. And so then God asks him and says, Son of man, can these bones live? And he said, Oh Lord, thou knowest. Again, he says to me, prophesy to these bones. I'm going to give you some words. I want you to proclaim this to these bones. And then he tells them what to say. He says, I want you to tell these bones, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. I'm going to restore humanity, life, to these bones. I'm going to reorganize all of you bones into an army. And it would have been one thing, it would have been one thing for God to ask Ezekiel to come with him and to listen to him say, listen to God say to the bones. Hey, listen, you know what, Ezekiel? Hear the word of the Lord. Bones, and God says the words to the bones. And you know, yeah, that, that would seem seem more reasonable. It would seem more uh, likely that God would make this proclamation. But God asked Ezekiel to prophesy and proclaim to this dry, desolate valley full of bones, hear the word of the Lord. God is going to do this. God is going to raise you up, restore you, put you back together. And Ezekiel has to say it himself. And have a confidence in it. Have a peace and a, um, an acknowledgement that God is going to do this. I don't know how I get those words out of my mouth. I don't know how I utter these. I mean, it seems ridiculous. I don't know what track record he had or what reference he had for this being a, um, a reasonable request or if that was something that he would expect God to ask him to proclaim. But he's, he's effectively saying, listen up, you bones. I want you put back together. God said, hear the word of the Lord I'm going to put you together. And then here's the part that 
I, I didn't appreciate enough because it says, as he prophesied, as he gets the first sentence out, the, the King James says, behold a shaking. If you look in the Amplified, it talks about a, a trembling, a, sorry, a thundering noise, a shaking, a trembling, and a rattling. A rattling. I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about that. Dry bones rattling. All Ezekiel had to do was to start prophesying. To start saying what God said to say, and the bones started rattling. I'm thinking, this is when I was, I, I don't wish to be anybody else, but this is when I kind of wish that Tom Hurtig could tell this story. Because this would be a lot better sermon if he was telling the story. Because I can't come up with descriptive enough words. I'm not eloquent enough to put all that together. But just, can you imagine what it sounds like to have dry bones rattling? And thank God that Ezekiel recorded this as well as he did. But then what happens? I think he under, he, this is like one of the most understated mess, or sets of scripture uh, passages that I, I think I can imagine. Dry bones rattling, and all of a sudden, muscle and sinews, and, and all of everything that it takes to have a complete body starts. I didn't do that for effect. It sounded like this rattling, <laughs> thundering, a tumultuous noise. Everything that it takes to make up a body from the inside out is now developed back on and these bones become people. These bones rise up as people and their, their humanity without life, which I don't even know how to describe that. It says they covered them with skin and put bright... Uh, sorry. The skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, once again, God making Ezekiel make the proclamation, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Tell the wind, Tell life to come in from every direction and envelop these people so that they may live, so that the breath of life may come into them. And behold, he makes the proclamation, and the wind surrounds, and, and I want to know what that was like. I think, Dad will talk about it this afternoon, I think, but... Um, in Acts chapter 2, when it talks about on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared tongues, excuse me, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like unto fire, and it sat upon them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That, 
rushing mighty wind. An Old Testament, an Old Testament explanation or detailing of something that we, we see in the New Testament. That life was given by proclamation of God. God said, call the wind, prophesy to the wind, or pray to, pray to the wind is, the, is another way that it's said. That they would come and give these life. And the context that this was given to Ezekiel was so that he could, he could encourage the children of Israel. They were desolate people at that point, and they had been conquered and, and were pushed out of their own lands, and, and they were in a terrible place. And Ezekiel is given this vision, this prophecy, to be an encouragement to them. And he says that, I'm going to bring you back to your, pe- to your land, I'm going to restore you, I'm going to raise you up as an army. And, and I don't even really want to get into that particular part of it today. Because what struck me was, when God wants to do something, we don't always understand, we don't understand the means of how he does things. But we always need to understand the motives behind what he does. What do I mean? Why, um, why the rattling? Why, why this, this vision that is so scary to, to listen to or to, to appreciate? What, why, I mean, we, we really can't even understand some of the details of it. But the key was that when the word of the Lord was proclaimed life was restored. When God said something, the world moved. When God said something was supposed to happen, unexplainable events took place. And sometimes I don't think I appreciate that often enough, is when I hear the word of the Lord, when, when I'm reading when I'm reading in the word and, and the Spirit says something to me, do I recognize and do I appreciate that the same impact that those bones rattling had for Ezekiel, that's the level of movement that should take place in my life. That's the level of impact that there should be in my life when I hear the word of the Lord. When, another one that's not super explainable. You know, there's in, uh, in 2 Kings, there's a, well, you know what? Better I read it. In 2 Kings uh, 13, verse 20, it says, And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, behold, they spied a band at the sepulcher, excuse me, they spied a band of men, and they cast the dead man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood upon his feet. Period. End of story. This is another one of those that I feel that there's not enough explanation at the end of this story to tell me why this happened. Why, when this man touched the bones of Elisha, did he come back to life? It doesn't tell us who the man was. It doesn't tell us what mission he had long term. It just says that God decided that this man was supposed to come back to life. And this is not, I promise, this isn't going to be any more conversation about bones. This isn't a... But what it struck me was, there are things that I will not understand on how God does things or why he does them. Excuse me. I won't understand 
how he does something, but I need to understand why he does them and what his motives are and what his desire for us is. And we may not, you know, we can look in, in, in the New Testament, there's some of these parallels that, that strike me. In, in Ephesians, we have the New Testament version. And you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. He's made us alive who were dead in our, in our sinful natures. He's blown his, he has breathed his Holy Spirit in us to revive us from a sin-darkened nature. In, in John, it says, if the Son of Man makes you free, ye are free indeed. Once, God himself is the only one who can revive that dead person, that dead nature, that sin-dead nature. And he does it because he loves us. We don't understand how that happens. I don't know how he built those bones back together into a person. But I know the reason he did it is because he wanted to restore the relationship that he had with us in the garden. He wanted to redeem us from that sin-darkened nature. He wanted to separate us and set us apart as his chosen people. I think sometimes I, I get too caught up or too worried about trying to understand how God did these complicated things or why he did these complicated things. And the reality is I need to get back to the fact that the reason that he did them was so that I could have a relationship with him, so that he could be Lord of my life, so that he could breathe in me that Holy Spirit that would give me the discernment and give me the faith to be able to say like Ezekiel, I don't understand exactly what he's telling me right now, but hear the word of the Lord. This is it. And as we proclaim it today, we might not understand every detail that's going to come out, but we can understand and know that it is because of the love that he has for us. God commanded his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Those facts, those are the things that I can, I can claim, I can build a foundation on, I can use as the, the anchors to the other questions that I don't understand. But rather than being fearful Rather than being fearful of that sound of bones rattling, rather than being fearful of those ways that, God's wor- ways that God works that I don't understand, I need to get to a point, and we need to get to a point, where when we hear that wind rushing, when we hear that shaking, that we recognize that this is God moving. This is God acting in our lives. This is God moving us from one place to another that we might not understand, but we can take confidence and joy in recognizing that it comes from a place of love and desire to be reunited with us. Where, did, where does it say that God's thoughts are high above our thoughts? That, that we, can't, we won't always understand them? I have to remember that. I, I need to remind myself that there are things that I won't be able to discern, or that I won't not discern, that I won't be able to fully comprehend. But for right now, I can rest in the fact that I know that he loves me, and I know that his plan is perfect. And that when I see things a little bit shaky, or a little bit noisy, or a little bit windy, that that's 
his spirit moving. That, that's his spirit moving me from one place to another. Ezekiel had to proclaim these words to a valley full of dry bones. And going through the experience had to be traumatic. And then when he was done with the vision, this was something he had to then proclaim to the people. He had to explain this whole story to the people. And to tell them that God was going to redeem them as a people. He was going to bring them back to the land that he'd promised them. He was going to raise them up as a strong army. And though they couldn't see it at the time, they may not have been able to even perceive how that was going to happen. He had to describe to them, when you hear the wind blowing, when you perceive the wind blowing, when you hear a little bit of that rattling, recognize, appreciate, understand that this is God moving in your midst. This is God taking you to that promised place that he, that he foreordained. Maybe it's just an encouragement. Sometimes taking these, these two familiar scriptures, these ones that we've learned, learned as kids and, and probably glossed over, um, and encourage us to, to look back at some of these things. I, I never would have thought that a, a, a simple story that has a little ditty that goes with it could have shocked me in the way that it did. But as I was driving around even on a Friday afternoon, and thinking about that rattling, the sound. Have you can can you hear the sound of dry bones rattling? I pray that for all of us that we we can look for those opportunities, that we can listen intently to the spirits moving in our lives. That you know what I don't understand. Again, it's Pentecost Sunday, and I don't want to steal from what Dad was going to share, but I don't know what tongues they were speaking in when the cloven uh, tongues of fire were, were above their heads. I, I don't understand how all of those things work. I don't know, and someday I will ask, and, and God will give us a little more direction and, and instruction as to, to what happened on that Sunday. But for those believers that were gathered in one place, the wind that they heard collectively together gave them that experience. It gave them that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. For Ezekiel, it was rattling bones and wind coming from the four corners to fill those people. I don't know what it is for us. I don't know what it is for me tomorrow. I admittedly hope it's not rattling bones. That's a vision that I don't know that I could uh, handle. I don't know that I can handle something that dramatic. But we've all had experiences, and dare I say that we will probably have them tomorrow or this afternoon, where God is instructing us in some way or giving us some insight into something that He needs, that He desires for us to do. Some action He desires for us to fulfill. Some truth that He wants us to proclaim. And we might not, we might not be able to follow all of the details of it. That's not, the, that's not the question. The question is, am I going to be obedient? When God says... Hear the word of the Lord, and I want you to proclaim this. No matter how crazy it sounds, am I going to be willing, am I going to be obedient in, in, that, in that opportunity? And I pray, that, I pray that we each would. May the Lord bless these words.